Okay, you guys ready? Born yeah. ready. Welcome to G. Oh, wait. Welcome to G.I. Joe. Are you ready? <laughs> Welcome to G.I. Joe. I was ready. <laughs> okay, Hi there. I'm Paul. <laughs> no, you're not. You're Rob. Stop oh, shit. <laughs> no, you're Steven. Oh, fuck. I'm confused. Oh. I'm Paul. Welcome to G.I. Joe Book, episode 38, and today we're going to talk about the new modern era hits, some old school hits, and pretty much anything else that comes to mind in today's episode 38. Eight. Eight. Hopefully Steve can throw in an echo there. Hi, you boys. Fine. Thank you, Paul. I'm very fine. Thank you. It's been a fine and mild day in Cape Town today. Perfect beach weather. Just had a braai this evening. And for those of you internationals, a braai is our equivalent of a barbecue. And I don't know why I'm speaking like this. I guess it's because, well, I don't have a reason. But as Paul so clearly indicated, this is our episode dealing primarily with the 50th anniversary toys, of which Paul... Being our up and current, by that I mean very current, G.I. Joe collector who still currently collects the modern era, uh, come hell or high water, <laughs> he's got a whole mess of them. So he obviously has quite a few opinions on those toys and whether or not you should pick them up if you haven't already. So that's Hopefully me. we can prevent some people from picking up the bad ones, I think. Mm. And this is Rob. Hey, if you don't remember my voice from the last episode. Hi there. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, lady and gentlemans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to stray away from it being a full-on review. Just going to mention some points on the figures that you might want to look out for if you're going to be uh, grabbing them on eBay or buying them from an e-tailer. Just some things that you might want to be aware of before you grab them. Um, this is not a perfect run. Uh, although they're great toys, they have got their faults. And they're not small little faults like, you know, little paint dabs here and there. They are pretty big quality control mess-ups. So we just want to put that in. And Steve will probably surprise us with some kind of crazy or inane topic that will get us thinking and make us feel like complete G.I. Joe tools. So, without further ado, let's bats attack this 50th anniversary We Got New Shit thing. And let's do it now. Bats attack. Destroy. 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 Wipe out. <laughs> right out. Right out. Find <laughs> out those lies. <laughs> so, guys, what did you get in the last few weeks since our last recording? Did you get anything cool and new and fun and happy? You know... That is G.I. related? <laughs> <laughs> nothing in hand, but uh, being the vintage aficionado that I am, I have now found... The 90s love like nothing I have ever experienced since I was about eight years old. And, and I know 1993. Why. And G.I. Joe Ninja Force had finally <laughs> reached South Africa. Yes, folks. <laughs> we only got the Ninja Force, which debuted for your fine folk in 92. Uh, we got it in 93 and 94. So I'm sitting here with my Ninja Force dudes, of which I have Nunchuck. Chibang, whatever, I used to call him Tijbang, Dojo, I've got the 1991 Snake Eyes staring me in the face, 
And uh, this is all brought on by the fact that I played through G.I. Joe 2, The Atlantis Factor, a few days ago. And just had to, had to, order myself a Storm Shadow version 3, Ninja Force version. Such a cool toy, actually. You like like it? I love it, dude. You know, I've got such good memories with that toy because one Saturday morning, what happened is, you know, there would be Saturday cartoons, you know, KTV and all that stuff. And my friend Dave would come over to my house and we'd watch X-Men together. And then after that, we would go on XYZ, you know, Crusade. Like, either him and I would go with my mom and we'd go to, like, uh, a Toys R Us in Westgate or we'd go um, somewhere cool, you know, like Krista or to a game store or whatever. And uh, this was so cool. Krista was really cool when I was a child. Didn't someone get shot there the other day? Uh, No, yes. Somebody got shot, straight bullet. Whatever. This is South Africa, folks. You know, shit happens. Yeah, Nobody lions protested. in the streets, guns in the, everyone's hands. Some gang robbed the ice store, actually. Whoa. And then hit the other ice store in Centurion as well. And yeah, so that's fun too, to notice. Centurion is have a... good tastes. But anyway, that's like boring shit. When we were kids, <laughs> we would go like on these like journeys, so to speak. And Cresta was actually really cool. Because it had like lots of toy stores. It actually used to have like uh, two toy stores, and it had a game shop and whatever. And you know, this was the th- these were the days when toys were actually in toy shops. It wasn't just like baby goods and like some toys. And Dave comes into the house and he has something wrapped up, and I'm like, "The hell is this? This is really cool. What did he get me?" And then I open it up, and there it was, Ninja Force Storm Shadow. And I was like, "Holy motherfucking shit! This is so cool." <laughs> I was like, this is a cool... Because I'd never really had a Storm Shadow up until that point. Um, I had the sort of 89 version, um, and he was cool. 88, sorry, dude, I keep doing that. Um, I had the 88 version, but it had long since sort of disintegrated into some friend of mine's pocket or something, and I hadn't had a Storm Shadow since then. So, and- I don't understand. Did it fall <laughs> apart, or did it get stolen, or both? It probably both. It probably <laughs> disintegrated both. into someone's pocket. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, Paul. I'm gonna steal your shit and destroy and it right beyond recognition. No. Well, what happened with my with my eighty with my snake eyes is that some kid broke it and then he hid it in my bathroom because he was too shit scared to show me that he broke the O-ring. Shit! Did he try and flush it? No, he just sort of hid it. <laughs> oh, the O-ring's broken. It's a deal breaker. Sounds like yeah. me from my childhood. I used to throw away Joe's whose O-rings had perished. Oh, well, we didn't know any better. A tool. Yeah, it was just devastating for me because I actually the problem is the crotch part had gone missing, so I couldn't fix it anyway, even if I had O-rings. But anyway, I agree. What you don't have any crotchless Joes running around? It's an interesting <laughs> look, let me tell you. <laughs> it improves the articulation. Yeah, so, wow, they can like do a wide splits, <laughs> big time. <laughs> they become uh, tantric contortionist monsters. Paul, you have successfully hijacked my story. And inserted <laughs> about five minutes of your own. But anyway, so anyway, that, that, that's a special release for me. I don't want to go too much into it, but the video game also has a lot to do with the love there. But Steve, your story is way cooler than ours. No, so no, I wouldn't uh, start judging the merits or anything. I just, uh, I had that figure. I picked it up while I was uh, in Europe uh, at the tender age of eight years old. And it never made the trip home. I think I left it in my great aunt's flat in Athens. 
Aww. And uh, I mean, I loved that toy intensely. It was the one figure that came with me everywhere. Anywhere I went, be it Rome, Paris, whatever, that guy was in my pocket. So maybe he was in the flats. Maybe he got left on the tube in London. But it was always a, a sad hole in my collection because I loved it so. And it probably elevated its value in my eyes because, let's face it, the figure has its flaws. Articulation issues, it's got a a spring feature inside its body. It doesn't have a back screw, so if that O-ring snaps, you're in trouble. Um, people complain that the neck is too long. I don't know, whatever. I've read far too many opinions about that figure online which have polluted my own opinion of it which is the fact that it is the ultimate storm shadow because it's an amalgamation of black and white and some people go so far as to say it's like a zartan-esque morphing like semi-morphed state between his costume being white and black it's also very symbolic of the character's own conflict i mean he's a good guy right but he worked for cobra Doing Cobra Commander's dirty work. I mean, he's got some skeletons in the closet for sure. So he's a very complex character. And that uniform is a good encapsulation of like Storm Shadow as a character. Anyway, I digress. I had to have it. I ordered one online. Incidentally, the cheapest one, and this is its cost price plus shipping, which was nothing because it was coming from China. The cheapest one I found was a carded specimen. It's on a Spanish card. I think it huh. is European Spain, not Latin America, but hell, it was found in China, so it's anybody's guess where it actually came from. But uh, it was super, super cheap and super cheap shipping. Um, I hope I'm not getting some like KO version. <laughs> uh, but I will actually do a YouTube unpackaging of that toy because oh, cool. I see there are two there are no less than two reviews of carded Ninja Force Storm Shadows and the reviewer does not uncard them he doesn't open them I mean what a come on time. man is this is, is that figure supposed to be some kind of investment because I hate to burst your <laughs> bubble I don't think those figures are ever going to be worth too much but regardless of whether I'm going to eat those words later or not I'm going to do it because I want my Storm Shadow I want him out. With the dollar store exclusive that uh, recently came out. Stinks. Um, Sorry. Yeah. You know, it's gold uh, accents, man. That was no, the no. icing on the cake. No, I agree. But the thing is, um, that particular Storm Shadow from that dollar store um, run, in fact, that first wave with um, the blue snake eyes and the white um, Storm Shadow are quite well sought after. A lot of people are actually looking for him. He, he fetches like $12.00. For open, for for loose um, specimens. And that's of the dollar store. And I think that the Joe Collectors Club, having released, as Rob likes to call them, a shitbang, and uh, Dojo and Slice, um, has actually spurred on a lot more interest in that line. And I think a lot of collectors are now going, hey, you know what, it's pretty easy to find mint on card samples. Let's go for it. I think the popularity for those figures is now spiked officially. I would be remiss to say that it's, yeah, there, there's a bit of interest there. It's coming. I think if we, we don't represent grab... a minority Joe fandom, and not a small minority, like a, a medium-sized minority when it comes to uh, the 90s era, because those were our Joes. Those are yeah. the ones that we picked up in stores when we were kids. We were not on board for the 1982 uh, 
proto-G.I. Joe. We were not alive. <laughs> we only came on board in, I guess, G.I. Joe's swan song. So mm. those figures are kind of important to us. And that's why I'm in like a 90s fervor at the moment. Uh, to just wrap up my new stuff, I also ordered a slice because... <laughs> I'm not going to have cool. an incomplete Ninja Force, right? And Slice and Storm Shadow were the, my two favorites. And, of course, disappeared. I'm pretty convinced Slice uh, was taken by my best friend of the time. That's that sad. Dick. Yeah, brat. <laughs> but um, my team, my 90s team, as it were, are like practically original Joes. I've got... Supersonic Fighters Rock and Roll. I've got Talking Battle Commandos Stalker. And I've got Snake Eyes of Orange <laughs> Grapple Hook Launcher fame. It's nice that they're all original 13 team members in their very far out 90s renditions. And I love it. I love it. I love it so much. So that's my frame of mind this evening, gentlemen. Expect more right. to follow. I was actually going to say, just to, to just jump on your 90s uh, love bandwagon, I am really looking at the Sonic Fighters. There are like three Sonic Fighters that I would like to own, personally, because I think they're really cool toys. Law, and... Dial Tone. <laughs> are you talking just Sonic Fighters or Super Sonic Fighters? Included? No, Super Sonic Fighters. So... Okay, then Psych Out. I'm going to guess Psychout. I'm going to guess Zap. Uh-huh. And I'm still going to go with Law, because that's the best version of Law, if you ask me. Green Jacket Law. And let's not lose sight of the fact that they did not omit any of his details. It is a superior version to his blue and orange, I'd say. It's a better Joe look. And he's got gold accents. Uh, they've got the MP... Tampograft on his bicep. They've got a tampograft on his helmet. Well, he doesn't have a clip-on watch. <laughs> it's fully painted. For me, they're oh, ordered. scratch that. It's a clip-on watch. Sorry, I had uh, orders leash strapped around his wrist, so from a distance it looked like his watch was complete. Oh. What's your opinion on that, guys? Do you like your watches clip-on or complete? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a complete watch kind of guy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a completionist me, as well, I think. But um, it bugs me. But it's just weird that they molded it like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do are they clip-on watches in real life? I mean, I suppose they are, but those are more for like what like teenage girls more than <laughs> more than like real men. It's real almost men. like they're wearing like weird little bracelets. Like yeah, it's yeah. a precursor to those um. What were they? They were made of uh, brass. Like, oh yeah, a, those weird things where like those would stain things. your yeah brass. copper. It's copper yeah. and it would stain your skin. And yeah, you would wear bangles. What is the reason for wearing them again? It helped with like arthritis. Yeah. Oh, really? arthritis yeah. So it would release chemicals into metal your body. Into you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty important. Um, well, just to jump in to what um, Steve was saying now, Dial Tone is a definite. I do want Dial Tone from the Sonic Fighters. Oh, I should have. I could have. Oh, man. I probably could have gotten it for free. Oh. Remember I told you a story about uh, Dublin City Comics giving me a 1983 Swivel Arm Stalker because yeah. his O-ring was shot? They were like, mm. oh, 
That one's damaged. You can have that for free. Well, guess what? What else nice. was in my bag? What? Sonic Fighters Dial Tone. Tone. Ah, why didn't you just like, ask for it? Well, I was like, push your luck. Come I've on. got a Dial Tone. It's it's the best version. The original is <laughs> the best version. Who needs a Might have made a good tone? gift. Might have made a good gift for Paul. Uh, it's not the end of the world. It's not the Sorry, end of the world. Sorry, Doggy. That's all good. Really well, if I'm ever back in Dublin. <laughs> no, totally, Actually, not a bad-looking figure, I guess. Oh, not yeah. the original, but... Not if, no, yeah, I, definitely I think not. Cool, but still, it's, it's, worth a, it's worth a visit. I don't like it when uh, the paint apps dip into the silver a little too much. It seems to me like if they saw any kind of tech on that dial tone, it got the silver paint. Yeah. Kind of puts him in a group with a bad name, i.e. Battle Force 2000. <laughs> Silver is not shorthand for futuristic. Like, vary your paint tones a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Keep Big it a points point. away there. Original dial tone's got it going on, man. He's got blacks mixed up with silver, mixed up with, you know, greens. Uh, let's put it this way. Steve, Law was never originally one of my choices, but now that you mention it, he's actually a damn cool toy. It's the best and, version uh, of law, but it doesn't come with order, so it's a bit of a get him yeah, some they, other way. Yeah, well, for me, it was dial tone, um, tunnel rat, surprisingly, because I do like red tunnel rat, and um, zap, as you mentioned earlier. Wow, so, mm. not psych yeah. out. Um, I don't psych like th- I don't like that psych out. I must be honest. Um, what you I like pref- the one with the blonde hair? Yeah, I prefer ah. old school psych out. To yes. be quite honest. I Night had Force Psych Out, my friends. Night Force Psych Out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, knowing me, I'd probably go for the whole Sonic Fighters anyway. I think the only one that really offends me is actually Psych Out, surprisingly. <laughs> the rest of, oh, and Rock and Roll, uh, because he was cool, but now, and we'll go into that later. Neon but Orange. Plus, but uh, 80, what is it, 85, 86, Rock and Roll is cooler, so. Is it 86? 89, buddy. 89. I'd keep doing that. Sorry, dude. For the listeners out there, in case you haven't noticed already, Stephen is on top of things when it comes to the years. I yeah. am well, I sit with Mark bottom. Bellamo's guide every time I take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you have problems with the guide. Even though... What do you mean by that? You, you've often mentioned he kind of the pictures he takes aren't that good and sometimes all the accessories aren't on there. Mm, by his own admission, his first edition is flawed. He bettered it with his second edition. But, you know, it was a mammoth task. I think he underestimated exactly how mammoth a task he set for himself. Oh, jeez, he must have spent a lot of money. Well, just a lot of time getting these guys together, assembling all their gear. He's mm. gone on and done similar things for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I believe, and, like the 80s properties in general. I don't know if he's ever done anything for Transformers, but, you know, it's a big undertaking. And he's also a teacher, I believe. So, wow. it's a busy, busy boy. So, so, my point is, yes, there are errors. The Warthog has the, you know, aerial in the wrong hole uh, oh. and doesn't have its machine gun at all. But, I'm yeah, picking. Yeah. I hear the words coming out of my mouth and I, I, I try to, 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 to continue because it is such a minor nitpick. I'm like, okay, anyone who knows the Warthog will know immediately that's that's incorrect. So, you know, 
No sweat. Most people know yeah. what hole to put the, the aerial in. So, yeah, that is true, Rob. You know, like you know exactly which one you got to put it in. But sometimes it's late at night, it's in the dark, and dark. like you've, you've just got to hurry up and get it in there so that you can get on with the rest of your book. So, you know, <laughs> accidents happen, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's immortalized. Uh, it'll <laughs> never be the same again. <laughs> anyway, innuendo over. Oh. And Robbie, did you get anything cool, dude? I did, actually. I got two really awesome figures. One was one that I've, I've wanted for quite a while, and the other one was one kind of like, it's nice to have him. The yeah. nice to have him one is Dr. Mindbitter version one, because he's just freaky and weird, and he has a chest with no hair on it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's <laughs> great. Man. And, he, and he's, he keeps his pants up with these cool silver like suspenders. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and I got my silver cock guard. Or whatever. What's it called? Ball gag? I don't know. Cod piece. <laughs> yeah, that one. Cod piece is... Cod yeah, piece. <laughs> what the hell is a cod? I mean, like like a fish piece. I don't know. Um, he looks wild and out there. I think Dr. Mindbender for me would be a good in into wanting to get some of the... Um, what are they called? Dread, the, some of the dreadnoughts. Or at least, you know, my favorite one. The one with the ponytail. Oh, Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Pirate. Yes. Oh, true. So he, he's, he's a figure I think you need to own. He's, you know, he's one of those iconic Cobra dudes. And the other one is version 1 Bullhorn from 1990. Very which is cool toy. Much cooler than the 2008 version. He's a SWAT vehicle driver um, and looks awful. Oh, good lord. Um, and Bullhorn is cool because he also has one of those kind of like break dineable. Break, he has a rifle that breaks down into a gigantic case that he puts on his back. And a bullhorn. That's pretty cool. And I have Steve to thank for these for these wonderful toys. And hey, uh, where did you get them? I imagine you got them at the, the Dublin store. Yeah, Dublin City Comics, yo. Uh, if ever any of our listeners are in uh, Dublin City Limits, you'll find it on Bolton Street, which is the N1. Uh, it moved it was situated in temple bar uh i looked for it there i didn't find it i was distraught i looked online i saw it had moved i was overjoyed i went there asked for gi joe and they produced a big tupperware crate with bagged joes which i promptly sifted through and found some fun things. But uh, if you want to know what I found, check out episode 37, because I'm not going through it all again. Turns no, out we've got plenty it. We've got plenty of uh, new G.I. Joe stuff in store for you tonight, but they're all courtesy of my man, Paul. So without yeah. further ado, let's have let's a quick fire topic, topic, topic. Topic, topic, dun, dun, dun. Just to break the flow Ooh. and knock over all my Ninja Force guys, damn, really need yeah. stands. Gentlemen, this is going to be a return to uh, something that we, we started way back in, I think, episode 35, but I'm going to continue the trend now, <laughs> because I am in a 90s frame of mind. So out of the following years, which is your favorite? The years are 1990... 
Whoa. You have two minutes to confer. <laughs> Paul, reach for your Mark Bellamo guide, and Rob, hit Yojo. Reach for my Yojo. Well, I just happened to be on those pages. Bam! How the did thing I is, go? with the early 90s, they kind of blur a little bit. I'd say, yeah. out of the yeah, three years under consideration... Yeah, because they kind of, like, spread them. Out of the three years <laughs> out of con- under consideration, none of the vehicles were particularly stellar. None mm. of the figures were particularly stellar. But they have some uh, standouts. They're all consistent. This is before the Battle Core, which is... Yeah. What, I don't understand... It's function. What is the battle call? It's a subgroup that represents the bulk of the G.I. <laughs> Joe force of that year, so why call it something else? Do they feel the need to compete with the core? Probably. Like, hey, do you, do you really want a core? Have a battle core. <laughs> These guys I, fight. I those call guys hard. Just core. <laughs> 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 so, any uh, opening round on which of these three years is your favorite? I'm going to say 92 is my least favorite. Um, no, no, no but, <laughs> but hear me out. Uh, 92 on. is my least favorite because the problem is, to, to be quite honest, we didn't actually get the bulk of these toys. So, we actually only got a small portion of these figures on our shelves. And of that, you know, there aren't that many cool toys from, from the 92 line. Like... There, there's Destro, there's Eels with the cool shark, and yeah. those are like definite favorites for me. But then there's toys in here I hate notoriously, like Firefly, the green Firefly. Then we, yes, we get the ninjas. You know, the ninjas are cool. And then, yeah, after that, okay, we don't get DEF, uh, which I suppose is maybe a good thing. <laughs> and, oh, we don't get, and we don't get the rest of the eco warriors. <laughs> that is to fix a, a, an earlier error on a previous episode. Yeah, yeah if it, anyone is a stickler for detail listening to this, uh, as much of a stickler as I am uh, after the fact, I know this is going to sound strange, but we are notorious for calling the eco-warriors the eco-force. Uh, uh, thanks to, I suppose, the the uh, convention club exclusives, which changed it to the ECO-force. Anyway, bastards. for now yeah. and into eternity... The guys who fight ecological disasters are the eco-warriors. Yes, eco-warriors. and the same as my favorite non-G.I. Joe figure is still Shockwave. Wait. Shock. 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 <laughs> Soundwave. <What>? Soundwave? <laughs> I can't get it right. Oh, uh, I make that mistake too. Then my second favorite has got to Hang on, be... we've got to clear that up. If you're scratching your head right now, it's because Rob said in episode 37 that his favorite non-G.I. Joe toy was Shockwave. Masterpiece Shockwave. <laughs> now, for those of you Transformers fans out He's there... the coolest SWAT guy ever. ...eBay looking for your Masterpiece Shockwave <laughs> and was alarmed at the fact that it doesn't exist. Well, that's because it doesn't exist. <laughs> He was talking about the sound wave. They've not made a masterpiece shockwave yet. Not yet. Mm. Not yet. It's going to be a big-ass gun. Space gun. (laughs) Okay, and then um, my next bunch is 1991. 1991, yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. It's like 91 
has also got some really, really, really stunning figures. But like very few of them, I wouldn't say very few of them are favorites. It's just 91 was just pretty much the bumper year for us. That was like when G.I. Joe was like everywhere for us and we were sort of compass and not really eating the toys, but, but playing with them. <laughs> we got a lot of these. So, we, you know, we got some cool hits, sci-fi, uh, Blue Snake Eyes, Cesspool, um, the Eco Warriors is a very cool line from this uh, from this year. Um, Sonic uh, Sonic Fighters or the Talking Battle Commandos, these guys were all cool. Like, as much as I loved certain figures in here, and, and I must say, there are some great toys in this year, it's not my absolute favorite, which is what's going to bring me to 1990 being my favorite year. And the reason oh. for it is, is that we got an exceptionally cool balance of great to- uh, characters and great toys for me notably uh, Ambush Captain Gridiron uh, Steve oh Hunt. really Captain, no, dude, Captain Gridiron no he's he's, <laughs> listen, <clears throat> he's a cool toy like in 1990 and for us it was more like 1991 when you had Captain Gridiron and you didn't have too much before that you know you don't know better you know what I mean it's one of those things um, Pathfinder yeah, Pathfinder's crap, oh, but like geez. for me, Laser Vipers, the Sky Patrol dudes, which I managed to get my hands on, Night Creepers, which I love, Range Vipers, which I love, Undertow, which I love, um, some of the Sonic Fighters, although, mind you, we kind of got them all in one big, you know, kind of smush, so, for in terms of experience, but the reason that this year shines is Cobra Hammerhead. Cobra Hammerhead oh. being in this year, and the Cobra Rage being in this year, and the Locust being in this year, make this a particularly cool year, uh, in terms of balance with figures to vehicles. You've got some really great stuff happening here. It's kind of, I think, the last year of great vehicles, of, of truly memorable uh, G.I. Joe-esque vehicles. Because from what? this point on... Yeah, dude, from, from 1990... What about the Parasite? That thing rocks. No, that thing does rock, but what I'm trying to get at is just that we start seeing, we start seeing like a decline. We start seeing vehicles that start squirting water and then have like motorized sounds and then mm. you know are like you know single pressed you know green things you know with a few nodules bulls like the ice saber which is pretty cool but then we get like giant you know bulldozers with missiles and the cobra septic tank which uh, it squirts water and you know the battle copters and that kind of stuff and it starts getting a little bit like hokey there's a lot of Stuff that's just not cool anymore. The Parasite is a notable standout here, but for me, for, for the most part, I know that I'm not, even when I'm older and when I carry on collecting this line, I know that I'm not going to have a lot of 91 or 92 vehicles because I quite frankly don't give a shit about them. You know? I can't so, disagree with you there, man. In fact, for my personal consideration, I'm going to take vehicles out of it because, yeah, it's a landslide to 1990. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely I mean, I think. That's the year that I earned the most vehicles from, I think. Oh, Avalanche, yeah. the Rage, the Beat Vitol. The Hurricane. Um, yeah. Um, three, that's like three vehicles right there. Mm, and they're quite substantial vehicles, I mean, compared to what else came from that year. Yeah, yeah. 90 has an exhaustive list of vehicles. They eclipse the releases from 91 and 92. I mean, 92... <sighs> And 91, you're cashing in on gimmick things like gliders and ripcord copters and mm. the blightiest looking vehicle ever, ever produced called the Attack Cruiser, which it's yeah. just horrible. Premised on it launching a glider. That's its function. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's stupid. It has a wheelbase, which makes no 
plausible vehicular sense. <laughs> yeah, horrible. Um, so I'm going to not think about the vehicles. Based on the figures alone. I'm going to go 91. Wow. Yeah. Just one of the biggest things that irritates me about 91 is that we started getting weapons that shoot. And th- that's sort of that's when that shit starts as well and that starts driving me crazy. <laughs> and yet mm. it's it's not proliferated to the point where every figure comes with it. Yeah, General true. Hawk for instance. Great. Comes yeah, with version four one missiles. Yeah. Four missiles that's that that attach to the wings of his jetpack. Yeah. They're not spring-loaded. They're tastefully scaled. He's such a fun figure. Oh man, he's a real standout figure from this line. The second version of Lowlights is actually superior to the first. His backpack has more going for it. He has a removable helmet. He has hair that more fits a night ops character. Yeah, and he has yeah. all that hair growing on his cheeks and on his forehead and stuff. Which all just aids his look, I'd say. And everything fits on him. The flashlight fits into the backpack. The knife fits into the backpack. The helmet attaches. The visor attaches to the helmet. He's a superior figure. Sorry, had to say it. Uh, Big Ben, great figure. Terrific figure. Really, like, this guy could fit into any previous wave without any fuss. Realistic colors, spot-on accessories, fantastic molding. And a backpack that kind of looks like it's got a wash almost. It's a dark green kind of marbled. It's it's great. It's I think it's the first accessory that Hasbro did like that. Mm. Mm. That Snake Eyes, I mean, essentially out of 91, you could put together a cool original 13 throwback team with a hawk, with a rock and roll, with a stalker, which I kind of like that version, stalker. He looks older. He looks more like a grizzled member of the original 13, former Vietnam veteran. It's clear that he's not the youngest soldier in the team anymore. That's for damn sure. He is kind of a veteran at this point. And I like that head sculpt. It's a strong character face. You've got two Cobra Commanders to choose from, so if uh, you know Gold Helmet isn't exactly bl- blowing your hair back, you could go with a very traditional-looking Talking Battle Commanders version. You've got a out-of-jetpack-looking General Hawk. You know, the characters cover a lot of bases. 91 Stalker. Is there a 91 Stalker? There is a 1991 Stalker. Talking Battle Commandos. Yeah. Ah. But let me just say, my favorite figure from 1991... Has got to be Overkill. <laughs> I love that figure, man. It's the chest that opens. The chest that opens. It's the <laughs> removable hand, the plug-in, brain-scrambling claw thing. I mean, he's so sci-fi. I absolutely love it. The the green doesn't offend because he's a walking death machine. And he yeah. looks it. For the first time, a battle android trooper does not look like, uh, you know... Just a blank faceplate. This guy looks like Jason Voorhees, ski mask <laughs> with, you know, shaved, exposed brain, golden head. He's got a and target got on the one legs. side and a big red eye on the other. He looks sinister. So you're and saying I, ni- 1991. Sorry. I'm still stuck on 1991. Oh, yeah. No, but they came out in 92. Is that right? At least according to Yojo. Uh, well, there are certain discrepancies, I guess. Maybe this is a problem with Bellamo's book. But ah. between Yojo.com, Mark Bellamo, 
and the European uh, catalogs that I have an abundance of, it's anybody's guess where they actually fall in terms of the years. Ah. Yeah. But if I was to consult the date stamp on the inner thigh of my Talking Battle Commander's uh, Cobra Commander, it says yeah. 1991. And if That's I look crazy. at my Stalker, also 1990. Let me not tell a word of a lie. Wait for That's it. That's weird. One. Mm. Well, because on Yoto, they're, they're, they're classified as 92, but like if you look at the file cards, they say copyright 1991. Actually, if I can jump in there quickly as well, I got talking Battle Commandos Stalker before I got um, Jetpack Hawk. And I got talking Battle Commandos Hawk before I actually saw Jetpack Hawk in shops. Yeah. So weird. Well, it's got more to do with distribution, I'd say. Obviously. Actual release dates. Look, our our personal experience of when we pick these toys up is all scrambled. Yes. We got yeah. everything way after the States and in weird post-European waves. Like, mm. if our American listeners were to look at a European card back, they'd be like, well, huh? Yeah. How come you've not got, like, either. Avalanche, who's a 1987 figure, on the same card back... As 1989 figures, mm. shouldn't have because shouldn't have co- coincided. <laughs> okay, yes. well at least that clears it up. I was a bit confused. Well, be confused, <clears throat> and uh, I'm interested to know what you have to say at this point about your favorite Rob, because you haven't really weighed in. But yes, I, based I on figures it. alone, 1991 <coughs> for Excellent. So 91 is your favorite. Um, Only look. because of the figures. But remember, right. I'm a vehicles guy. And yeah. the, Sky, the Sky Raven was my first jet. <laughs> so, take from that what you will. All three years have really cool figures, but also like really kind of like air eh, figures. Metalhead. Yeah. It's really Overlord. cool. I like Metalhead. <laughs> it's difficult. Like, currently for me it's between 1990 and 1991. Mm. Now I have a 1990 Bullhorn. Um, and there, there are a few here <clears throat> that I always remember playing with. As a kid, you know, like the Range Vipers, the Rock Viper, Saw Viper. There's a good selection of Vipers as well in 1990. But I think, I think I probably, I, I would also go with 91. Because, like, I remember these figures also a lot better. Um, and also one of my favorite early Vipers was the Incinerators. Just that flamethrower, you know, and you go around burning people to death. I think that's cool. cool and he has a very interesting look as well, that kind of, like, Almost like cobra head, which I think is quite cool. The sort of the dome. Oh yeah. It's very different from a lot of other cobras, you know, where they kind of just had smaller sort of um, like visors on them, or they would just have the sort of sock on the head. And there's that snake eyes, that different version of snake eyes that year. And Grant also, yeah, I think nostalgically ninety one. I would go with ninety one. Mm, they were kind of my protagonists, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember you always playing with low light, and and the cipher from this year is a lot Fantastic. less out there. You know, it's more chain. totally believable. And he's got such cool. I mean, his accessories are you know are pretty not standard, but I mean, they are very cool. They're cool helmet that can come off. The weird kind of looking backpack that you never knew which way was up with it. <laughs> I had a lot of fun and, with that toy. And hoses, um, that's you know, sci-fi. hoses. Guys, how did you f- configure your hoses? Because th- you had a lot of options, actually, with sci-fi. Mm-hmm. This is I don't a know. Legitimate I don't question. think I ever really did much with, with the hoses. Did I ever play with the hoses? I think I just... The backpack, we can assume, 
powers the laser rifle. So yeah. you can either have it connected to the power source for like maximum damage, or mm. you could connect it to his helmet for, I suppose, maximum accuracy. Hmm. Yeah. So it was a bit of a trade-off. Or you could go helmet linked to the rocket launcher. Yeah, which and... is what they've done on Yojo. Oh, very good. Well, I suppose that makes sense, because you want to guide the missile to your target, which is being lased by your laser, which is on sort of a sustained setting, so you want it hooked up to the power source. I don't know. Mm. I just liked the interplay between the accessories, that you could link things together. It made him a very fun and unique figure, and certainly a, a more plausible look than his neon green. All due respect <laughs> to the both of you gentlemen, I know... Neon green sci-fi is... is uh... Definitely, it's close to my heart. Exactly. Well, same here. So, But I can agree with what you're saying there, though, Steve. Like, so you're in the minority tonight, Paul. You're I, uh, burning the flag, or burning the whatever, holding the flag for 1990 and Captain Gridiron, woohoo, while the rest <laughs> of us just caved for 91. But 92 yeah. is most definitely at the bottom of the pile. Sorry. That was the start of the battle, it just, call, wasn't it? It just keeps getting worse the, the further away you get from the 80s, basically. I mean, 1990 still has a brilliant selection of figures and vehicles. I mean, vehicles-wise, it, it, you know, that's the, really the last year of really good vehicles. Mm. But from then on, 93 onward, it's like, hey, we, we screwed up. <laughs> Pooch on that one. With 1990, I actually got to experience 90% of these figures in hand. Uh, the exceptions mm. being that neon green, blue, and orange knee padded does <laughs> with the videotape. Um, and stretcher, and um, I keep wanting to call it cutter, but it's not cutter, it's uh, topside. Those are figures I never played with, but all of these others I had access to. Either I had them or David had them. Yeah, you and didn't miss much, my friend. Topside, no, I traded out for a mobile assault strike command condor. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Stretcher, yeah, interesting figure. I Weird want stretcher, actually. I want actually am. I want to stretch it now, I must be honest. The one little toy in this whole line that I kind of want to get my hands on just because it's always grabbed my attention in catalogs is that orange and purple lamprey. God, I don't know why. It's just always grabbed my attention. And that gold viper. Because, you know, they, they, they misnamed them in our catalog. They called the viper lamprey, uh, if you recall. No way. Yeah, and I was always like, ooh, what's the lamprey? That sounds interesting. <laughs> i got to have me one of those. <laughs> But yeah, guys, should we should we head on to 50 years of G.I. Joe, or should I say 30 years of G.I. Joe, 32 years of G.I. Joe? Let's do it! Let's do it, let's do it now. Okay, that's so. a preliminary point. Mm. I'm going to preempt you here. Mm. Calling it the 50th anniversary... It's a little bit of a misnomer. It's the 50th anniversary of the 12-inch line, and they're celebrating it with the 3 and 3 quarter inch line, or whatever it's up to now, probably 4 inches. And they get it kind of wrong on the backs of the boxes. Yeah. yeah because, <laughs> you know, they've got a, a nice little write-up that says... Oh, God, let me get it in front of me. For 50 years, G.I. Joe action figures have filled our imaginations with dangerous missions and exciting adventures as the G.I. Joe team battles Cobra villains. Okay, well, not for 50 years they haven't. 
Sure, they've been filling our imaginations with dangerous missions and exciting adventures, but then they blow it in the last phrase by saying as the G.I. Joe team battles Cobra villains. So, you know, the, the Cobra struggle has only been going for, what, 33 years now? Hmm. Anyway, so this is not really a 50th anniversary celebration for the 12-inch fans. Sorry, guys. Yeah. And and seriously, sorry, guys, because yeah, that you guys said, got shafted. <laughs> that said, I mean, these figures aren't all bad, right? I mean, the, the bulk of fandom is, is applauding loudly as we finally have things like the night landing raft, but with, you know, an accessory stockpile that I'm sure a lot of people are quite excited about. And I the am. Heat Viper. What? I mean, yeah. who guessed? Anyway, I'm stealing your thunder, Paul, and I'm going to give it back. I have the thunder. Okay, here we go. I recently got uh, pretty much everything BBTS has to offer for the new 50th anniversary G.I. Joe line. When I say pretty much everything, I actually really do mean everything. Um, as of this podcast, um, my purchase of the Skyhawk and the um, 50th anniversary Wolf has been confirmed. So I get to excitedly look forward to a proper reimagining of the Ice Viper, which I'm quite excited about. But let's talk about what I do have. Okay, so, uh, as Steve mentioned, we get some fan favorites, toys that we've been looking forward to for a long time, uh, most notably a decent Destro, a Leatherneck that is not a gung-ho repaint, a Heat Viper, which is uh, a really great addition for, for myself, and I'm sure many fans out there. And then we get a few oddball miscellaneous sort of additions to the series in the form of... Uh, I suppose a an ultimate uh, beachhead, if you can call him that. Um, beachhead is fast approaching the sort of ranks of snake eyes in terms of figure reproduction. We have a <laughs> lot of beachheads floating around. We get a new eels. Um, this line has done some cool things in bringing back toys that were previously hard to find and overpriced on eBay, such as Lowlight and Hawk. And uh, for some of you, I suppose um, your the the troop builders out there may appreciate having yet another Cobra Trooper. Um, guys like myself appreciate having another eel. And although he's probably one of the most uh, maligned figures to come out of the this whole set, the grey and red Viper, which I believe is a very cool toy, and I really do like the uh, the, the variant myself. And I feel that he's, uh, he's the Viper that's sort of about to become an Alley Viper because his color scheme is very similar to the Alley Vipers from the Pursuit of Cobra line, which I love, um, for, purely for the fact that I love the orange and blue, but I love that uh, the maroon, gray, and black Viper, uh, Alley Vipers are sort of more true to life. So they metamorphose, do they? The well, costumes start approaching their specialization. I like to think of it as like... Um, you kind of uh, sort of upgrade, like you, you're a blue viper, and then you sort of get your officer status, because that's what he's meant to be. He's meant to be a Cobra Viper officer. So then you get your officer status, and then maybe that gives you a new uniform to distinguish you from the blue and red that's out there already. Because the Alley Vipers are supposed to be sort of a notch up above the standard viper. And I, I pull this information from two sources, my ass, and uh, the deduction that they have a, um, you know, it's, it's an Alley Viper. Uh, you know, like so. Anytime that I find that you have a name before Viper, it's kind of an upgrade from the Vipers and the Troopers. Well, so that, at least that's you're it. not laboring under any delusions about where your opinions come from, Paul. 
Well, there you go, you see? So, and I mean, that's the cool thing about toys, right? We can make our own worlds. So that's kind of how I like to see it. So that works for me. <laughs> that's how you want to think of it. And then we get the, a super oddball toy in the form of Blowtorch, which, um, whose merits, I think, lie in the fact that he's bulky body and the way that they've done the paneling on him and some of the accessories that come with him give um, some of the more creative or customizing uh, Joe fans out there some great customizing fodder. I know that, uh, for me, it's going to sort of mark the first time I pop a... Uh, modern era's uh, torso open to to do a repaint on him because I want to try and do a Tiger Force blowtorch purely for shits and giggles. Um, and Doesn't seem like it'll be too challenging a project. That yeah, oh, I mean he's already yellow, right? <laughs> I just no, yellow and red. On. My goodness, just put some black stripes everywhere. Exactly. So I, I get to have some fun with it. Let's start off with the cool stuff first and foremost. And I didn't mention him earlier, but Flint, Destro. Leatherneck. These are some of the highlights of this line. They are all all awesome in their own right. Um, Destro especially. We finally get a Destro that is kind of decent representation of his vintage. So we get a a mask that is you know sort of a harder shell. That it looks like a sort of a hard shell over his face, not not some kind of nano or I don't know liquid metal or, or anything crazy like that. It's a it's a proper shell. It's a proper mask. It's something that looks like it, it'll protect his face. He's got that that sort of expression. He looks cool. Uh, he works really really well. Um, and to add to that is they've they've in- increased his stature. They've made a a taller uh, Destro, which is great as well because Destro, as we know, is quite a a big guy. So he towers above a lot of the toys in the in the modern era line, and this is good because it makes him seem a lot more formidable. It also uh, looks great when you have Cobra Commander next to him because Cobra Commander is not meant to be a very tall guy, and it does kind of make him smaller and, and add to his character, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, Destro has some great sculpting. Um, some things to note on him that I really love, aside from the the, the amazingly well-done head sculpt. Uh, that ridge that goes around behind his neck, I've always found to be a very interesting sort of design feature on that toy. Um, in that it's difficult to really imagine what that is. And you can see that when you look at things like Sideshow's release and how they've tried to change it and make it sort of more tangible. I think uh, Hasbro nailed it um, in terms of how that collar should work. It really does make a lot of sense. And for me, that is one of the most outstanding features in the toy is that Here's this collar. It's kind of like a, it's, it's not pillowy. You know, it's just it's big, it's thin. It it's got the right kind of uh, swoop to it. It looks like it's part of the outfit. It works. It works really, really well. It doesn't look like a life preserver. Is what I'm getting at. So that was a nice feature. Um, Took them 33 years, but they got it right. They got it right second time. You know, the original. Well, the original never got that same level of outrageous collar staunchness. Correct. <laughs> okay, that's a very roundabout way of saying it, but like, his cartoon look, which he's most memorable for, I'll be the first to admit, had a raised collar that they didn't get right until the Battle Core version. And mm-hmm. that version had problems of its own. It had a very small head. didn't mm-hmm. come with memorable accessories. Just launcher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no vac metalization. But I must say, with the 50th anniversary Destro, I don't miss him not having a vac metalized head. Because 
you now no longer have that weird disconnect between the head being this beautiful chrome and the collar or his, his neck onto which the ball of the ball joint sits. That that collar not being vac metal. Yeah. So him having yeah yeah look it it looks it looks quite good. Put him next to modern era Destros that have got chromed heads, and you'll see what I mean. It's a nice uniformity of the metal tone between his neckline and his head. So two thumbs up from me. That is the finest figure that the 50th anniversary has yielded. A lot of guys like I was mentioning earlier. A lot of guys don't like that his legs are a bit dainty, but they really aren't. You know, they work for the proportion of the figure, the the, the shape of the of the silhouette. Uh, the silhouette being, if you just look at Destro and you sort of uh, create like a an approximation of what his form should be in a simple shape, it's great. I so think it, it gets really, really your works. approval as Paul the Artiste. It gets my approval of physical as Paul proportions. The yeah, I think they're fantastic. He's got he's got um, really cool staunch arms. You know, he's got strong strong arms, strong muscular arms. They they look like uh, that's another thing I've got to say as well. Sorry, there's so much cool shit to mention about Destro, but um, this figure is from the ground up. There are no reused parts on on this Destro. He is purely fresh from the mold. There is. There's no reuse of legs on him or reuse of arms or any of that madness. He's got all new stuff. And, yeah, those arms are fantastic. And the forearms are fantastic. He's got his grenades on the left arm, and he's got his little um, rocket launcher on his right arm, on his right wrist. You don't feel that those are perhaps molded a little bit too large? I feel that the problem with them is, and I think it's, and this is something I'm going to get into with the 50th line a little bit as I talk about some of the quality control stuff, I think it's just a matter of uh, the type of plastic used um, and that it doesn't quite get the sharpness that we are used to from previous lines, notably Pursuit of Cobra and 30th Anniversary. Uh, There's a little bit of, uh, I think the term is bubbly, uh, if I can call it that. The rockets are not as sharp as they could be because the paint and the molding together kind of make it seem a little bit rounded. It's a bit beveled. It doesn't quite make it as sharp as you dig it or want it to be. But at the same time, they're not these big, chunky, in-your-way kind of things that, that stop him from holding a weapon, for example. And they don't stop him from... Um, he doesn't lose wrist articulation or anything like that. He he maintains a lot of his articulation, and it doesn't hinder the figure, and they're not eyesores. They definitely help to balance a lot of the look on him. That That's my personal take on it. In an era where we can create a sculpted, removable bullet... Why the hell can't these larger items on his wrists be removable? I know I'm opening the door to like a whole slew of lost and incomplete Destros out there, but like it would be history in the making yeah. for us to have a Destro with removable ordnance. Three grenades and three wrist rockets that are, you can disconnect them. I think, uh, I think the executive decision there uh, was more a case of they were spending a lot of money to to make all of these original parts for this Destro. I think personally they went the right way by not making them removable purely because it gave us an all-round better figure. You know, if all we know that we could have gotten removable grenades and rockets and then, you know, half of them could have shipped with bad pins or they could have just broken off or something silly like that. So I think they were just trying to avoid that. I think they were being very smart there. You keep coming back to your quality control uh, 
and yeah, and and it, and it's a big issue in this line. For starters, with my Destro, his upper right arm is inversed, which means that um, the tricep muscles are where the bicep muscles are because basically he has two left arms. Oh. So for for me to make him look right, I have to turn the upper arm around, which doesn't allow him to bring his elbows as close to his lats or to his ribs as they should be. Mm. So he's got like a right arm that's kind of like, he looks like he wants to be everybody's friend because he just wants to put his hand around the neck and go like, laddie and Sean Connery accent. Let's have a drink. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so that Liam is Leeson, bro. Liam yes, Leeson. Liam Neeson, totally. Mm. <laughs> but this is something that I want our listeners and big fans of the toy line to, to just keep an eye out when you buy these on, on eBay. Please have a serious look at the body parts used on the figure on display. If need be, even go as far as to ask the seller to maybe post or take a photo for you. A lot of them will actually do so or will answer these questions. It's not something I've seen people complain a lot about with Destro, but I actually think it's a lot something a lot of people haven't noticed, to be quite honest. It's not very it's not very obvious at first. It takes a bit of scrutiny to really see it going down, and especially with all the Joe coverage and all the toy coverage, I think there's a psychological aspect where people see General Joe's reviews or see it on Joe Battle Lines or whatever, and they see that it's normal, so when they get theirs, they're not like really too fussed. They're just playing around with it quickly, whatever. But it is something that really bugs me. It's a difficult thing to fix. It actually means that I have to try and find another one later when the when the desire for them dies down a little bit and I can get one in my hands a little bit easier. Mm, I tried bidding on one separate. When the auction surpassed $17, I gave up. I know I'm spoiled. I know that you know, 20 bucks for a loose figure from a three-pack is not too much to ask, but... I think it's I like getting G.I. Joe's thriftily. I think it's too much to ask because that whole three-pack is $35. If that, I think it's $29. Yeah, so, but factor in shipping, friend. No, you obviously. always got to remember, we live in Africa. Shipping that, a big what, box as opposed to a single figure in an envelope. Mm-hmm. No, no, I agree. But that's what I'm trying to say is that I wouldn't go over $17 myself because I know how much the three-pack costs. So it's one of those things. It's just uh, and and yes, but it's, is, it is makes weird economic sense to me mm. because I don't want the other two figures. I don't need the other two figures. I I have I have no use for the other two figures, and yeah. it's almost like I cannot stand the idea of acquiring action figures that I do not want because Space. I'm sure any collector's room is bursting at the seams. <laughs> No, exactly. It starts becoming stupid. And resale of these toys is not really an option to us. Not really. Exactly that. Unless there are listeners out there who are South Africans who are going to creep out of the woodwork and say, but I want the 50th anniversary Hawk. Well, listeners, make yourself known. Stevie J can sort you out. Those are two cool figures, though. I mean... Leatherneck Paul just and said Leatherneck is amazing. And General Hawk is what? It's a reissue of one that was came out before. And he's great. Like, and he is great. He looks like a proper really great. Like, army general. Which I, okay, I mean, poor I example, like right? <laughs> but I'll we understand what you mean. We understand what you mean. Box. <laughs> well, Steve, if you, if you want to get that box, you can always wire me some cash or whatever, and I can get it for you on BBTS because I've got something waiting there to ship anyway. And when I add to it, my shipping actually gets a bit cheaper. So a pile of loot. Pile of but loot. Yeah. Is that the means I'm supporting BBTS, and I think There's that they're funny, swilling awesome. bastards. <laughs> well, they're a business, of course they are. 
I'm totally going to edit that out because we totally need sponsorship. Come on, BBTF. Yes, we totally do, and BBTF are cool, man. They're always cool to me, and they've helped me a lot. But anyway, that's not (laughs) you a lot. Paul, they lost your order. They did, but they did actually, they were very cool about how they went and sorted out a whole bunch of other stuff for me. And they. You had to send them multiple requests before they came clean. But dude, that's like like any business. Any business is going to give you a runaround anyway. Uh, especially. Then it's not a cool business. If they don't give you a runaround, if they are completely upfront and honest with you, if something has gone awry, well, that's a cool business. Yeah. Yeah, but they've been okay with that. Yeah. It's depending on on what the business does for you afterwards. I find fast food places are usually very quick to respond. I had... (laughs) Because they're fast. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But, I mean, I had an experience where I just complained that a meal that I often get at McDonald's was not prepared correctly. It didn't have all of, like, the little condiments and extras, like salt and pepper. And I mentioned three restaurants that I went to, or whatever. Yeah. And they, they were like, hey, come and have a free meal with all of us. I was like, that's pretty cool. And then recently, <laughs> <laughs> I had a problem with the mold on uh, a burger that I had at a local place called Steers, which does sort of flame-grilled burgers. Oh, shit, yeah. They take that length seriously, yeah. <clears throat> so they replaced it, I mean, straight away. And then I emailed them and said, hey, this is this is quite a problem, and, uh, you know, I always expected good stuff from you guys. And then they called me the next day, and they said, oh, we're so sorry about that. Obviously, there was a problem. We will offer you 40% off on your next meal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Dude. I appreciate that, but uh, McDonald's went a full sixty percent more than you did. Thanks. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, yeah, but, uh, three times. <laughs> but anyway, wow. I mean, businesses. Some businesses are quite fast, but I think in general they do want to try and keep you know a good name. They don't want people to be bad mouthing them. And I think BBTS they did go the distance with you. I mean, they took a bit longer, perhaps, but they still recompensed you they kind of said hey yeah. we're sorry this is what we'll do for you yeah exactly and i mean i'm not gonna like i don't want to go into a whole bbts pumping or or dumping situation <laughs> right now but uh you want <laughs> but uh i do want to mention just uh for the listeners just to reiterate what i said before please with all of these figures uh regardless of which one you're looking at destro leatherneck whoever please 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 just Really look at those eBay pictures. Really make sure that, you know, biceps are facing the right direction. He has, you know, two different feet. You know, make sure that, that you are happy with the paint apps. Also bear in mind that you're not going to get any of these toys with 100% perfect paint apps, okay? It's not going to happen. They're all going to have some kind of small issue in certain places. So with that said, you know, just keep your eyes out, Joe fans. Also, Destro wins the prize for best hands on a Joe figure. Because they are so cool. They are unbelievably cool and unbelievably characteristic of Destro. Mm, um, and unbelievably ambivalent of Destro. Because it's yes. throwing him back all the way to his first version where you couldn't quite tell if they were robot hands or not. Exactly. <laughs> Dr. No on your ass. No, and they, <laughs> I, I know this is quickly becoming the 50th anniversary Destro show, but... Please, guys, go and get him. His accessories are a lot of fun, and as a snap-together gun, it's actually really solid. I, I haven't had problems. I've popped it together. I've had him run around with the gun itself. You know, like, you know... in Run, Destro, run! 
imposing <laughs> situations and things like that. And like the, the Baroness gun- depends on it. <laughs> and I, I haven't had it fall apart on me. And I've, I've also read a lot of guys have said that that accessory has actually been really good and that they're really happy with it. And nobody's really complained that I've, that I've read recently. So Destro is your number one. Next one is Leatherneck. Leatherneck is... Love him, I hate him as a character. I like Leatherneck quite a bit. I'm a fan of the Sunbow cartoon. I enjoy Leatherneck. He's a toy that I always wanted in my collection. I was greatly put off by the fact that he was basically a repainted gung-ho, which really annoys the shit out of me. Now we finally got him. He's on Ultimate Roadblock's body, which is the roadblock released for the Retaliation line. It's the last one released in Wave 3.5. That's without the Battle Carter holsters. He has got a fantastic stature. He's got the more modified muscular arms, so he is very much that roadblock with the bigger biceps for arms. He's he's a great muscle man to have in, in the team. I never uh, imagined Leatherneck to be one of the heavies in terms of stature, but it works. It does work. So I'm not going to take points away from him. I like that they gave him that M203. Yes. That was 25th anniversary Duke's M203 and as it turns out, yeah. my vintage Leatherneck is carrying that. That oh. same gun. That's like a sexy gun, too. Well, his yeah. original 1986 M203 was an oversized sculpt. Yeah. He kind of got the scaling wrong there, so it's it's a great substitute. And, and giving him the 50 cal, yeah, okay, he can rock it. It's kind of roadblocks thing, so I don't think a lot of people will display him with it. But certainly, you could mount it on something. You can. And um, for those of you who have an Eagle or Hawk and have an ultimate roadblock already, guess what? Now you have two 50 cals to mount in your Eagle Hawk. One will be more dainty than the other. That's the previous one, because the slightly Tupperware-ish plastic used for this 50th anniversary's weapons on some of them, especially that piece actually give it better grip, and it doesn't fall apart as easily as Roadblocks, uh, as Ultimate Roadblocks does. What do you mean so by Tupperware-ish? To... The plastic has got more of a texture to it. The Joe weapons of late have they've kind of had a bit of a sort of a semi-gloss or a glossy kind of sheen to them. It's nothing major. Some weapons, especially the black weapons, and most notably Roadblocks 50 cal. Have whoa, had whoa, whoa, buddy. Oh. Roadblocks black weapon. What the hell yes. are you talking about, bro? <laughs> 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 particularly the black weapons. <laughs> I meant as in the black machine guns versus the grey machine guns. The the plastic on the ultimate roadblocks uh, 50 cal does make that gun fall apart a little bit easier than it should. And a lot of fans have noted that it is quite a fragile accessory. And it is modular, you know, it, it's you can take it apart, etc, etc. Anyway, so now getting leather neck scores you a second one of those, which you can put into the Eagle Hawk. Or give to Ultimate Roadblock and know that it's not going to fall apart on you too easily. Biggest downside to Leatherneck, in my opinion, is that he's got a backpack. For me, it's a bit of a loss. But uh, for guys like myself who have been buying modern era figures for quite a while now, I'm pretty sure that you have a spare backpack here and there lying around that you can give old Leatherneck. Especially in the flavor of an ammo-based backpack like the uh, Jungle Bats. You can probably give him one of those. Or, you know, you can find something. It's up to you, whatever. He's got a great sidearm. It sits really nicely in the holster. It's pretty much the same sidearms that they gave us for the Resolute 5-packs. It's that uh, oversized, kind of reminds me of a Deagle, 
of a desert eagle, but it's not. No. It's just like an overfi- uh, oversized 45. Yes, an I'm just saying, it just, when you put it in the hands of a normal modern era figure, it's kind of like a deagle, because that thing's huge, and it's actually too big. It's, it's, it looks stupid. So I've got them all sitting in my figure case. Now I'm, I can rock like, you know, double, I, I can, I, I can have a, what, I can't, I wanted to say double tap, but it's so the wrong dual thing. Dual wield. I can dual wield oversized 45 cal with leather neck. I suppose that's an exciting, prospect i was very fortunate with my leather neck i've heard people complain about some quality control issues here and there for me and i'm not going to go into it again so please keep an eye but for me uh he had a bit of an issue where the lower forearm couldn't swivel correctly he didn't have his complete you know swivel arm battle grip i had to actually run him under some hot water pop that peg out cut off ganglion uh, off the actual peg's um male piece and slot it back in there and now he's got swivel arm battle grip and we're very happy about that because I was really upset. Like I was actually quite pissed off. Uh, him and I know, Defo, right, Rob? Jeez, <laughs> cut the ganglion off his male piece. There, Take there we that go. Stuff off. Run it under the water. Cut it off. Did you at least like I don't know? Give him a bris. Well, basically, I I put my lifeline figure by him and just you know got lifeline to stroke his hair and just tell him it's gonna be okay. Oh crap. As he got his ganglion chopped off his male part. Male part. Shit, i got to fix this lifeline again. Anyway. Oh, shit. In the meantime, I found... (laughs) (laughs) Probably one of my favorite Destro quotes ever. Just to mark the fact that he is the standout figure of the 50th anniversary. Destro! One of the men is falling behind! (laughs) Shoot him, Scarface! Then fall back to the last position and administer the same to any other laggard. <laughs> oh, I love awesome. you, Destro. Love you so much. Ruthless so cool. to the end. Uh, badass. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cut to anyway. chase, man. Opinion on the Heat Viper. Good or bad? Heat Vi- Heat Wait, Viper. let's hear from Rob. Rob, mm-hmm. what have you got to say about the Heat Viper from the 50th anniversary? I think that they copied the look of the original very closely. Except with with the helmet, which looks so weird. <laughs> it, it looks uneven, and I don't know. And they've, they've they've done the side of his the one side of his head silver now, which to me makes no sense at all. I don't know why they did that. I'll tell you why they did that. To better evoke the card art from the vintage figure. Mm-hmm. But there they made a critical error. Because if you happen to flip to uh, the vintage card, Maybe you have you'll notice card. that they do have the left-hand side of his face done up in silver. <clears throat> while the right-hand side looks like a black visor. What I take from that is the left-hand side of his helmet, to which the, the hose attaches is not, in fact, a one-way mirror like Battle Helmet Cobra Commander or the Vipers or the Bats or Or incinerators. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not transparent silver. This is a metal piece that his hose plugs into and the side of his face that does have a transparent visor is, in fact, the right-hand side. Now, this always led me to believe, like, does this guy have a chameleon's ability to kind of marry the disparate images in his brain? Because he's surely getting different optics 
from the weapon being fed to the left-hand side of his face to what he's seeing through plain, you know, tinted vision on the right-hand side of his face. So it's it's a crazy design. It's really out there. But they didn't quite get it with the 50th anniversary because they went and simplified it to the point where it's one-way mirror on both sides. Which is Plus, not right. Like, it looks so uneven. It looks so weird. Plus, I mean, um, the original, it was a very interesting look, you know, where you could kind of see out the one side and they left it all orange on the other side. The original was just minus one paint app. They could have yeah. added a splash of silver to the left side of his face, like the card art, and mm. made the right side uh, black. Yeah. Which is probably what the prototype looked like, actually. Very much they so. They probably just tried to simplify it in paints. Like, they, they didn't want to go all Lieutenant Falcon on this guy. <laughs> they just wanted to give him orange body, there's a bit of purple, grey, and then the little tiny splash of really expensive silver. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, really expensive no, silver. Signifier how is of... The, how is the 50th anniversary figure? Four? Um, he's great. Okay, one of the things that we've mentioned on our video review for the Heat Viper is that there's a high possibility that his suit is actually properly insulated. You sort of get, this is more derived from what is said on the file card. It's, it's more sort of, I want to say sort of assumed from what they say on the file card because he is dealing with um, explosive weaponry and heat signatures and all that kind of jazz, which they sort of mention in the file card. So we sort of surmise that, hey, okay, maybe he's got a bit of bulk in his suit. For that, <laughs> you're pulling it out of your ass again, man. I'm, no, I'm not. That's no, but happen. dude, it makes sense. I'm sorry, but it does make sense. And um, actually, they mention it on this file card, uh, on the what? new file card, actually. Yeah, that his uh, suit is he's insulated for heat and uh, heat distribution. So it's not too much of a far out sort of assumption. He's basically using the airtight body, mm. which is the same body I think used for the Techno Vipers, which are also fantastic figures. Do you like his uh, body, Paul? I do like his body. And this Heat Viper does not skip leg days. Uh, he is, he's quite tough. And he's got a great articulation. The paint job is a bit of an oddball one. Because, yes, they've evoked the vintage by um, keeping the purple and yellow. And keeping the purple and yellow, or the purple and orange, should I say, in the right places. But in some cases, they've actually just painted purple stripes. So there's no actual straps. They've just painted it as if there would be a strap there. Hmm. Which I find a little bit hokey to be honest with you, but it's it's not that noticeable. It's actually only something you notice when you really look at it. And I think um, considering the, the era that we're in with G.I. Joe right now, I don't think it's really right to complain or to go into it too much. I think the designers did a good job. The head sculpt is fantastic, except for the fact, and as Stephen and Rob had mentioned earlier, there are a few discrepancies here and there. And had they just kept it the same as the vintage one and added a smarter way of putting that tube on the side of his head, I think it would have been a really fantastic head sculpt all round. But this is easily remedied with a little bit of paint. And, uh, you know, for the most part, a bit of paint. And if you want to get really creative, you could drill a small hole in the side of his head and put a peg in the cable that runs from the bazooka. Which brings me to another point. His fang bazooka is fantastic, except for it doesn't, it doesn't have the fang uh, insignia on it anymore like it used to. I kind of like that symbol. I've always thought it was pretty awesome. Another thing is that that wire dangles, that big uh, gray tube that's meant to go connect to his helmet, it now dangles. It's kind of silly. <sighs> I can just imagine a kid getting that toy, uh, for example, and 
not knowing where to put it, and that causes a bit of frustration, as it would with anybody who doesn't know where to put it. Um, so it's, it's, it does connect to the backpack, though, doesn't it? Uh, yes, mean, not really. Joe's, I mean, it kind of it kind of suggests that you connect it to the bottom. And well, Justin that's Bell just is Justin. Awesome. No, he's <laughs> just messing around, man. Like, there's no intended place for it to go. Exactly. Justin Bell is definitely holding the flag for the brand, and good on him. Um, I think he does a lot of great things, so he's definitely trying he's to... I think he's just being diplomatic and, and suggesting to everyone, that okay, guys, that. this is kind of the best I can do to try and save this pose. So it does it nicely spare. to that position. I mean, it looks like it's it's a tiny little knob on the end of that thing, and you can kind of... In my experience, uh, with mine, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that, because uh, it actually seems a bit too fragile, and that's something I'm going to mention now. Although the bazooka is pretty robust, the Heat Viper has actually always had a problem with, say, sort of a fragile backpack. The new one's backpack is not as fragile, but those little pins are eventually going to pull off if you put the cable on that. That's something that's definitely going to happen. The back plug, I would even go as far as to recommend to some fans out there to maybe grab a toothpick, wrap a little bit of low-grit sandpaper, put it in the hole where the backpack's meant to go, maybe just file it a little bit just to open that hole a bit because that backpack is causing a lot of problems for guys online. Uh, I've also felt at this side it's a bit of a tight fit, something just to be quite wary of. Aside from that, they've managed to, to hack a lot of the aesthetics. The ankle-mounted ammo is very well handled, in my opinion. I think uh, the fact that those uh, rockets actually sit on there and don't fall off very easily and are not easy to take off, they've actually got quite a bit of tooth to keep them there is a, is a good feature. So make it easier for the listeners out there. Great figure overall. Dangling tube is a real issue. Lack of black tubes is a real issue, especially considering there's space for them. Yeah, which is a bit of a bummer. The holster, which they've given him, uh, to sort of uh, emulate that um, that sort of pillowy purple that he has on the original suit, which, and, and this is a subject of much debate with the heat fight, but is it shoulder? Is it like overslung on your shoulder? Or is it underslung? I'm talking about the rocket launcher, of course. Because if if it's overslung, those purple things kind of look like a way to pad it so that it doesn't put too much strain on your shoulders. In this case, it's just a holster, and it has no mm. plug point for you to put a black cable. So once again, the gun loses out on another cable. They've moved the sidearm from the side of his leg to that holster. I think that's the compromise there. And unlike Leatherneck, and I didn't mention this earlier, Leatherneck, although he has Ultimate Roadblock's body sculpt, They've actually given him an all-new web gear, which I think was previously used in a Collector's Club exclusive pack. But without question, it's Leathernecks web gear. And it would have been nice if they just went that little bit of an extra mile for the Heat Viper as well by giving him his own web gear. But uh, whatever, you know, it, 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 it is where the line is at the moment. Once again, it's a, t- a figure that I think you would need to, uh, if you're a customizer, it would be great if you got in there. If you're not a customizer, it's really not going to bug you. I don't think a lot of guys are going to army bolt the, the Heat Viper as cool as it is to have one, and that's all I can really say about him, because he's pretty bland otherwise, okay? Even though I really do dig the toy. The last one out of the Paul, cool toys... Paul, about the Heat Viper, sorry. Um, yeah. Did you say that his backpack lowers the heat signature of the man, or his weapon? Uh, it's It's meant to be a bit of both, I think. It's meant to distribute the... I think it's the actual machine that is meant to do that. It's like he's like basically wearing an air conditioner. That's where you threw me, man. Like I thought you were referring to his personal suit being able to mask its heat signature 
by venting it through that backpack. But yeah. As far as I can tell from the file card, the backpack is set up to vent off the heat signature of the weapon. Yes. It's got nothing to do with the man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there is that. But there are no cables running to the pack. But the backpack, yeah. Which is weird, but whatever. I mean, it's... Whatever. Yeah, it goes into his back. What goes into his shoulder, which I suppose you could say that connects up to the backpack. Because that harness is effectively for his backpack, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. Definitely going to need to get a new one of these. It runs into (laughs) the front end of the bazooka. Yeah. Whatever. So that's the heat viper out of the way. A lot of guys have been very excited for the flint in this line, myself included. I feel the last time we got a really amazing flint was uh, Resolute, but he has the same problems all the Resolute figures have. Molded holsters. In Flint's case, he's probably the one to suffer the least in that box set. In fact, that box set is pretty well-rounded, except for all the molded holsters. If you missed out on that flint, well, you've got this flint to look forward to because the 25th anniversary flint wasn't particularly amazing. In any way, shape, or form, he had very funny body, uh, had problems with his arms. Oh, there were a few issues. A lot of people didn't like his face. I don't like his face. He looks like he's uh, having his soul drained out of his face. He's like... (laughs) He looks stupid. Cue a few years forward, and we get Retaliation, the movie, and they do a version of uh, DJ Catrona's Flint. And I must say, I found my sort of go-to Flint in the sort of um, combination of Wave... 2's flint with wave 3.5 flints I switched the heads around and now he's got the you know the beret and I've got my go-to flint but it's really nice to have like a comic accurate flint and I would say the 50th anniversary with the exception of his color is a comic book accurate flint uh, from the face sculpt being the resolute face sculpt all the way into some of the little uh, tweaks here and there with the uh, parts used and the uh, shotgun shell laden web gear which uh, makes him great, and he's definitely a great port of call. Fantastic hands on the figure, and they gave him cool weapons uh, for what is essentially a vehicle driver, because he comes packed alongside the eels with the vamp and the night landing craft. And he, he had a vehicle driver. He's Flint. Yeah, he's Flint. But I mean, like, I mean, Studly if you have to look man at of action. There we go. Suspense and he looks it. And this danger. Point, this toy looks it. He's got that man of action. He's got that arrogant smoke to him. He's a, he's a great toy. And like I said, he comes with great accessories in the form of a knife, a sidearm, a, a Benelli, an uh, automatic shotgun, and then like the semi-automatic shotgun as well, which is really cool. So, you know, that that's Flint in a nutshell. Once again, I'm going to reiterate this, but quality control issues, I look out for it. Now, I just want to do a quick roundup of the other lines. Low light, everything, if you if you want to know right now, the low light in the three-pack is exactly the same as the Pursuit of Cobra low light, with one or two exceptions being some of the plastic quality. We'll go into that different just now. Uh, some little paint tweaks here and there. The paint is not as well applied as the Pursuit of Cobra. However, the sniper rifle, uh, I think uh, Hasbro used the opportunity to sort of fix the sniper rifle a little bit. That's the one that you can assemble. So it assembles pretty well. I've heard some complaints about the scope not fitting on his leg attachment correctly. Mine has been fine. Uh, I have got no quality control issues with my low light. It is a great toy. If you missed him originally, now's your chance to get him again. And for cheaper, I might add, cheaper than what you'll find him on eBay for, do it. 
because he's fantastic. I don't need to say much. Uh, you can just search Pursuit of Cobra Lowlight and you'll find all the reviews you'll ever need for that toy, as well as uh, some pretty up-to-date photo galleries. Uh, one of my favorites being General Joe's photo shoot that Justin did because he tends to take very uh, harsh photographs which uh, don't help the figure out too much, so you get, definitely get to see some of its uh, failings in terms of paint application. He's not trying to gussy these figures up. He's definitely trying to to be quite candid with them, as you've actually mentioned before, Steve, in, in previous episodes of this podcast. Um, the beachhead... What's and all? Exactly <laughs> what you need a reviewer to do. Exactly. Beachhead came as a real surprise. When I bought it, I was like, okay, you know, this beachhead, you know, it's another beachhead, whatever. It's okay, I can take one for the team. And then I got it, and it actually ended up being the one toy in this 50th uh, bundle that I've been playing with quite a bit, because... He's really great. It's a it's a great nod to 25th anniversary Beachhead. It's the correct colors, and then it's Whoa. Mixed with, yeah. This is a great nod to 1986 Beachhead. Come on. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. No, that's true. But definitely, yeah. 25 years later, that he's still as good as the original 25th anniversary Beachhead. Yeah, and he's fun. He's really really cool. He's a really well made toy. They've done away with the monkey arms. He's got um, snake eyes. He's got well, what we like to call the awesome, most ultimate snake eyes ever made. Snake Eyes, that's the Pursuit of Cobra Snake Eyes with the dangly strap bits. <laughs> but, uh, oh, snake yeah, eyes he, mine. he's got that Snake Eyes body, um, and it works well for Beachhead. Every listener who has bought any of the Retaliation Beachheads has experienced this, um, this sculpt. It's just nice to have it in the correct colors and to have all of his, um, weapons and things back on the scene again. I'm not going to go into too much depth about the Viper. I've said enough about him earlier. I don't have to go into too much depth about Hawk. Uh, if you missed out on this Hawk, he's probably the best Hawk that they've done in the modern era, save for the, the aesthetics of the 25th anniversary Hawk. Really love that look. But this is uh, sort of your go-to Hawk, I think. The Pursuit of Cobra 1, which they've now repackaged. Fantastic. Fantastic toy. Fantastic accessories. Many have said it before me. Uh, he makes for a great battlefield commander with his uh, laptop and hidden machine guns and... They've thrown in enough little nods to say, hey, this definitely is Hawk. Uh, Blitzem. The... Yeah, Blitzem. Let's party. Uh... <laughs> Attack! Uh, I've mentioned some of the, the things to watch out for in terms of two left legs, funny arms, that kind of stuff. But as a whole, this line, um, once again, it has got some funny paint applications. Hasbro is definitely trying to save money here. I don't know if this is a bid to try and keep the toy line alive and save it and keep it safe so that they don't lose articulation or if it's just a matter of it's the on the lowest rung of their importance so they're definitely trying to spend as little money on it as possible either which way please note that all of these toys are going to need some kind of paint to touch up either by yourself or by a, a, a friend who's good with a paintbrush all of I them have your funny fringe I have to say Leatherneck I was very fortunate he's very cool in the sense that his paint apps are actually good I've seen that fringe thing. I'm lucky that I don't have that problem. I don't have squint eyes. I don't have anything random with him. The only problem I had was uh, was that forearm swivel problem. But other than that, I was really fortunate with him. Destro as well, aside from the upper arm problem, also fortunate with him on paint apps. However, <laughs> my hawk has got very distinctly open eyes. I mean, this dude <laughs> is giving you the death stare. Bro, I think that's across the board. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. That is across the board. Expect all of them to have that. Beachhead, surprisingly, doesn't have that problem. But I think they all have this, like, seriously, and to quote Hawk from the movie, 
you can see the whites of their beady eyes. And yes, that's everybody's problem. And my favorite of them, and the happiest accident to come from that, is the eels, who looks super surprised. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I love that. I've said it before amongst the guys, but I will definitely put that GIF up on Facebook. I've got a little app that makes GIFs, and I will put the surprised eel GIF, because it's pretty awesome, actually. These figures are worth getting uh, if you're willing to put in a little bit of PT um, in terms of pre-observation and a little bit of post-paint fun. Uh, I'm going to give that Viper a bit of a wash as well, um, just to give it some grits to bring out some of the details, because with this Viper, they definitely save money on paint apps. The Night Landing Craft, guys, it's it's been around. Uh, the Night Landing Craft, I think, is as old as I am in terms of this mold. Um, it still looks like the same mold. They even have the same oars, I can tell, because the plastic's quite thick on it. It's a great toy. It really floats. Put a Joe in there, put it in the bath, or put it in a body of water, and pull that thing along. Watch the little propeller go. It's actually a lot of fun. Actually, brought me quite a bit of joy. I actually really, really like this little night landing craft. It's fantastic. Uh, the Vamp. To be honest, I don't think one can really honestly call it a Vamp Mark II. I think it's more realistically a Stinger. But uh, all of the details that we love from the Vamp are there. The rocket launcher is actually pretty well done. Everything's intact there. The stickers. The quality is not as great as what you might be used to, but if you've been buying stuff in the modern era, you're kind of used to these stickers. You're used to seeing what they're like. The vehicle itself is an old mold. It's the same mold used for the 25th anniversary re-release of the Green Vamp of the Vamp Park 1. The hood that opens is cool. You know, it's great. It's it's everything you expect from it. I mean, if you don't have one, get it. I think the grey colour scheme that I got, the grey sort of digi camo, definitely works. I really love it quite a bit. Didn't think I'd like it that much, and then when I got it in hand, I was like, oh, okay, I can live without the brown one now. Uh, it really works for me. The same can be said about Flint. Having a grey Flint doesn't actually upset me. I'm pretty happy with him, actually. I think he works. I think the, the outfit really works for, for Flint. Something that hasn't been mentioned that I'm sure a lot of you guys, if you're uh, on the net a lot, have noticed, the weapons cache that comes with the 50th anniversary vamp and landing craft. Wow, this is something that's worth your money. Um, it's kind of weird. Don't have enough guns? Well, guess what? Guess what? I'm not going to go into every single gun that's here. I'm just going to go into some of my favorites. Aside from the official original accessories that came with the night landing craft, like the shovel, the entrenching knife, and uh, something I'm quite excited about is the grease gun, uh, which is pretty cool. I'm actually really happy to have a grease gun in my collection. Some notable inclusions in this box set is there's a knife that was meant to come with Zartan. It's like a small kind of tomahawk axe kind of thing. They've got it here. It's really cool. It's to go with your... um, Desert Mystic Zartan. Uh, they've got an upgrade or a retool of the Eels Harpoon Gun, which is really pretty awesome. They've fixed up the grips on it to make it a much easier grip for the toys. So it's got a round foregrip. looks better. It's slightly thinner in the handle, so it, just, it works better as a gun in the hands of the figurine. Another one has been the update to the Viper's Rifle. Now, the Viper Rifle is one of the coolest pieces in G.I. Joe. It is definitely a signature piece. And the little tweaks that they've done here, given it a more modern mag, given it a more, a more modern foregrip, the underslung grenade launcher portion of it looks a bit sleeker. It's much neater. It's actually something that I think they should have done a while ago. But I think does it that... have a sound attack plug? Come on. No, Where's the sound attack? It has no sound <laughs> attack. 
Because I got, I got a few. I saw them yesterday. I took them out just to, you know, just to dust them off. I got yeah. a couple of those bad boys with sound attack plugs. I got them with like every single beachhead that I bought. Whoa, <laughs> crazy! Yeah, you better believe it. Beachhead stole himself some some Cobra hardware and he slapped sound attack on that shit. Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> sorry. For, uh, for those of you that uh, may have missed it, when you got your Dreadnought pack, Road Pig's um, wrist-mounted crossbow. Uh, is included in this armory, which makes me very happy because I feel like I've completed a toy that needed it. I I always felt it was missing a little, and to see that they actually went the extra mile and tried to fill it up, this little gun box basically is all the weapons that you would need to to sort of fill in the blanks. So it's like it's Road Pig's wrist-mounted crossbow. It's to fill in that blank, that thing that's missing there. Uh, there's one or two really unique knives in this set. Um, they're also designed to fill in a, a blank. One of them is apparently meant to be Clutch's knife uh, that never came with him. If you have a Joe that needs a seriously cool-looking survival knife, it's in this box. There's some great weapons for everybody here, actually. There's some great Cobra stuff, some great Joe stuff. I'm not going to go into details. You guys can find enough pictures online for it. But my favorites have been the wrist-mounted crossbow, the grease gun, survival knife and the viper's retooled rifle those have been my notable acquisitions in this little ammo case plus the ammo box is really cool it's, it's a great little diorama piece and uh those two little pigs on the <sighs> but top. they didn't do a re-sculpt of you know the alley viper's classic machine gun that i would love to see like i really would or a, a night viper rifle like Close but no cigar, guys. <laughs> yeah. You had the opportunity to do a great deal more good than you managed to achieve in that box. Sorry, I'm just saying, you know, like, they gave us guns that we don't need more of, you know? Well, like, they've there given are us some pretty standard uh, and rather unexciting weapons in there that will just find themselves into the never ending pit of black of guns. Weapons box. Yeah. Well. <laughs> What Steve is saying is really right. There are a lot of guns we don't need here. I mean, uh, one trip to the store and a purchase of a Lady J will get you some of the better guns in the line. And once again, going onto eBay and maybe getting yourself a Pursuit of Cobra weapons lot will definitely get you the guns you need. What we did need more of from this box, in my personal opinion, is more of those Viper rifles, personally. And I think some more gaps could have been filled, like Steve mentioned. Uh, Ali Viper's gun the sort of Night Viper sniper rifle that was never included with the Pursuit of Cobra Night Viper, plus the the funny gun for the Night Viper, which also wasn't included. They kind of scratched the itch, but they didn't really. And that's the no, problem. No, look, they, they achieved quite a bit. Yeah. But it's not exhaustive. We're still begging for certain signature accessories, which I don't think we'll ever get, eh? No, I, I don't think so either. Whatever. Like, we're splitting hairs. I mean, do we really need more gear? I'm sure everyone's got a vintage Alley Viper they can pilfer for the gun, or vintage Night Viper, right? Right? Wrong. Wrong. I don't have. <laughs> Alley Viper. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. That, so, that's, Paul. Yeah. Best item, and let's it's, stretch it as far as like best pack, because you can't really get Destro without getting Hawk and Levenick. You can't really get the night landing raft without also getting a flint and a vamp. So, what's your what's your top top item? 
yeah, the Destro Leatherneck three pack is definitely the winner. It's the three way with Destro. The three way yeah. with Destro. You can't go wrong with that three pack. The second to that is the vehicle set, the Vamp and the Landing Craft. Ah, uh, bro, but you're not speaking from a position of owning the Wolf, so. Yeah, so that that is also true, but the um, Wolf has not arrived on the scene. But to be quite honest, I own a wolf um, already. I own a version of a Skyhawk in the form of a Ghost Hawk. I own a bazillion Snake Eyes, which should actually be a sub-team. They should be called Snake Eyes Force. And <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate team. So I think the only thing I'm really excited about with that wolf 2-pack, uh, and I'm sure this will change when, when we get to that episode, but I'm really looking forward to that um, Ice Viper. And Paul, don't get it wrong again. It's not Snake Eyes Force. It's the Snake Eyes Warriors. The Snake Eyes Warriors. <laughs> it just roll trippingly off the tongue. The, the, yeah. the Snake Eyes Warriors. Aside from that, guys, uh, uh, go and get yourself a Heat Viper um, solo. Oh, anyway. what do you mean? If you want a Heat Viper, get him solo. Don't go and waste your money on getting a, another freaking blowtorch with two erroneous minds that you don't but really need. Come on, it's not a good figure. It's not... They've, Listen, they've cocked it up. There are crapper figures, and I can tell you now, the Heat Viper ain't no Rock Viper. When <laughs> if if the Heat Viper hit Rock Viper status, I would be shitting bricks. But it's not a steaming pile of shit. But it's not an adequate update. No, it's not an Alley Viper. What the hell? How could they like, just let the cable dangle like that? That's a deal breaker for me. That well, means they screwed it up, and they need to make good. They need to fix it. So don't buy it, listeners. Don't buy it because they're gonna fix it. Yeah, and, watch and my encourage them to fix it. Yeah, and then we'll all be kicking ourselves because that's the version you want to have, not the version yeah. that you did buy already. Yeah, and anyway. it's not like I don't own two or anyway. Um, Look, yeah. not everyone's a collector like we are. Yeah, we like to get one version of a figure. Boom, tick the box. It's done. Done. Some people out there don't seem to have problems with buying multiple versions. Every time they announce a new version, the updated or better version, they got to have that. I don't know, man. That's why He's modern era G.I. Joe really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like, when will I have the ultimate collection? Yeah, that, The answer that, is never. It's no, impossible. Are... There will always be a better version of the original Beachhead than the one that you have on your display. And I would like to sort of... Chase the rainbow! <laughs> I'd like to bring <laughs> this as, as a topic into a, a, another episode, actually. There are some modern era figures. This is specifically aimed at the modern era figures. There are some Joes here that will not be surpassed in their design. I don't see there being any room to surpass that design. It would just be superfluous to do that. And one of those give, figures... Give me an example, and I will tell you how they can improve it. Low light. Uh, they cannot improve low light. There's nothing slimmer, they can do. Slimmer uh, flak jacket. They can't yeah. do it. Next. They can't do it though. That's the thing. Paul, they cannot do it. There's, they there's can. No... They can and they will. Watch my... You mark they me. They slim down the body. They swap out the, the chest plate that he uses for a slimmer body and then just give him a cooler... The prob- Don't make it web gear. Make it a molded yeah. body suit that yeah. is slim, that he has perfect articulation around. And Agreed. just add the details, like a shoulder portrait. If you want removable stuff, you can do it without having a bulky yeah, jacket over your body. Yourself. And his arms, 
not vintage accurate. So, you know, okay, that's how you improve low light. Next. But, um, what I was... Sci-fi. Uh, He's got holes in his shoulders. Next. Yeah, take those holes out. Yeah, totally. Like, unhole those holes. Fuck those holes. What? Um, Snake Eyes? Which version? Which version? Come on, Paul. I like this game. They don't, need, they don't need to fix up Snake Eyes. They can actually, if anything, they can just leave Snake Eyes the fuck alone. Just for a while. I don't need <laughs> another you. fucking Snake okay. Eyes in my life. But uh, um, give, me, give me another figure that I can tell you how they are going to improve upon one day. But, okay, this but, new Destro? You don't, don't, don't think for a second that this is the last time they're going to make the vintage look Destro. Oh, I agree. This is not the last What they're going to do is the update. They're going to improve the plastic quality for starters. And then maybe they will go as far as to give it removable grenades and rockets. And uh, I think, no, the obvious answer is they're going to chrome the face. Next. No, there's that too. But um, actually, just before we go into that, Airtight. I collect the... Now, that's a tough one. Yeah, How but that's do you improve airtight? But, but that's the whole thing. I think, I think that the, the low-light, airtight, sci-fi, techno-viper are so well done that there is no need to improve them. Like, they can actually take other fucking characters in the whole line and redo those. <laughs> you know, like, figures that we... Like, characters we have never gotten before in Modern Era. They can actually bring those characters to our collections now. Yes, it's the 50th... So-called 50th anniversary, and yes, they're trying to bring characters that are all headline characters, but the thing is, basically, we are getting the same figures over and over and over again. What are we going to get when it's the 60th anniversary? I can bet you now we're going to get Snake Eyes, we're going to get Flint, we're going to get Duke, we're going to get Hawk, we're going to get Destro, we're going to get Cobra Commander. And by that time, we're already going to all have 200 of those already. So that is my, my criticism for, for modern era. I think that's time that they start going, okay, low light is perfect, Ed Tide is perfect, as we're going to get him. Let's just leave them the frag alone. And let's bring in some um, characters that people actually want because they don't have them in their collections. If, like, you know, a proper frag viper would be nice. Or, oh, you know, there's any number of figures. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there that we could get. But they just to haven't done credits, it yet. To their credits, this 50th anniversary does not include Duke, Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander. You know why? And, uh, Backlash, I for... that's why. Sorry, what were you going to say? I, I think this is the biggest problem. Retaliation gave us so many Dukes for a character that's in the film for a whole 10 minutes. Um, so many Dukes, okay? For Spoilers! Starters, yeah, well, yeah, if you don't know that by now, then come on, you know, wake up. <laughs> you Second ain't Duke. no friend of mine! <laughs> All my friends watched G.I. Joe Retaliation, they loved it! <laughs> that part where, like, like they, play video they games. press the button... <laughs> like all the bad guy satellites blow up in space, like that was so believable. I love that. It's my favorite. It's like the best part. Um, <laughs> and like when Roadblock and Duke were like arguing, it was so awesome because like like Duke got saddled with like babysitting duty. <laughs> he had to look after Roadblock's duty. kids. <laughs> awesome. And then he died. And he couldn't do it. <laughs> no, it was Roadblock. so sad. And aside like, from who's gonna Roadblock? look after Roadblock's kids? <laughs> they wanted Tating Chatham, Tanning Chatham, Chating Tantum. Magic Mike. They wanted Magic Mike. <laughs> His name's not Mike though. I don't Whatever. Get the reference. I don't care. 
I'm like, whatever. But what I want to get at is just that they had already done, quote-unquote, Ultimate Snake Eyes, already done, quote-unquote, Ultimate Duke, etc., etc., etc. So if we got those figures again, it's kind of like, it's you know, et that's et really... Yeah, yeah, whatever. They, I I meant to say etc., like as in EC, tetra, not X as in X-Men, etc. Okay, so just, you know, so we can clear that up. But, uh, and any closer to etc. Just go away. <laughs> just okay. Bye. Let me just say what I want to say. Okay. No. Flint is definitely being modelled as the new leader of GI Joe from the movie standpoint, and I think the brand is trying to do that as well. So I think that is why we we got a Flint in this box set, as opposed to a Duke, and also because, once again, I think uh, Hasbro saw it as an opportunity to just release a whole bunch of toys that didn't get a wide enough release before. Low light, Hawk, etc. One quality control question I have for you. Mm-hmm. I see the stickers that you get for the Night Landing Craft and the Vamp Mark II. Yes. From images that I've seen, they seem to be not adhering as well as they should. I'm too scared to put the Night Landing Craft stickers on because I put the Vamp stickers on and on any kind of hard surface that's hard and angled or whatever, they seem to be totally fine. But as soon as you put them on anything rounded, they come off. And, I mean, this is kind of a case of stickers in general, but vintage Joe fans will know that stickers put onto a round surface on the vintage Joe missiles and things like that tend to adhere and stay there for the most part. The Vamps missile stickers, I put, I put one on, and it's already giving me a bit of, like, uphill. So I was like, uh-uh. And that's what's made me a bit scared of putting the uh, night landing rafts um, stickers on. Purely because it's such a rounded surface for the most part. And it's got a lot of textured sort of elements that the stickers are not going to adhere. And it's also got tampo print on the side of it anyway. It's got a 878. That's a nice touch. It is a nice touch. Uh, uh, It one-ups the original, I think. I think the original uh, was sticker. The stickers are fine. I don't know if a lot of guys have experienced this, but I got two sheets of vamp stickers with mine. Score. I don't think, yeah, I think it is a score. I don't think it's Hasbro going, hey, you know, bonus, here's two sheets of stickers. I think somebody out there has got a vamp with no stickers. But, um, <laughs> but in saying that... The, the you're not a listener like, of G.I. Joburg, are you? No, you're not. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> One thing I've noticed about these stickers... Uh, that has actually irritated me, um, and I noticed this with the Sky Striker when I was putting them on the Sky Striker, and uh, there's another vehicle that I put them on. They kind of, they get this like silvery quality. Like sometimes when you peel them off the sticker sheet, you kind of peel off the UV coating and not the sticker. UV and it, coating? Don't you mean the adhesive? Yeah. No, no, no. There's a UV coating. Like the stickers are, it's a three, it's a three part process on the sticker. You've got the adhesive, you've got the sticker itself, and then you've got like a film that goes on top of the sticker. I think it's to okay. protect it. And I've pulled that off on a, on a few occasions when trying to put these stickers on. And when you put the sticker on the actual vehicle, after that's happened, it looks really crap. Mm. Um, and these stickers had the same problem. And In fact, it's my His Tank that had those kind of stickers. Uh, yeah, where that was a little bit of a problem. Where it irritated me. The stickers didn't suffer much. The thing that has suffered with the stickers, in my opinion, the the biggest sort of travesty with the stickers, is that the small white lines of text are now just small white lines. 
you know, they're, they're not like micro-sized fonts. Yeah, which were really, really awesome on some of the more recent releases of the vehicles. It's actually something I've grown to appreciate quite a bit. Even on like sort of oddball vehicles like the Mecha, like those that Viper, Mech, whatever thing that they did. Even those, the decals had some funny like little sort of jokes and things written in there that I thought were pretty cool. They didn't make jokes. They wrote legit stuff, man. Not on the Treadripper. The trade oh, really? Ripping. You must read those. There's, it's kind of like the guys are ripping off <laughs> a few things. They, they're very smart because they keep it very military, but it's just there's a few things that they say, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was exactly like that. Overall, <laughs> um, buy yourself some 50th anniversary Joes. I think you guys would be very well off if you got yourselves a a Leatherneck and a Destro and a, and a Hawk 3-pack. I think you would be very happy with it. I, I must say, without any actual doubt in my mind, that is definitely the one pack out of the whole thing that you should take, that any collector should go for, that 3-pack specifically. Because I have the, a Word document with tiny vehicle type on it. Um, on the vamp from the 25th anniversary release, yeah. near the winch it says... Activate the winch by depressing the switch in either directions. Isn't that cool? It is cool. Periodically check the mounting bolts and electronic connections for tightness. Remove dirt or corrosion that have accumulated on the electrical connections. The rocker switch automatically returns to the off position when released. Serious injury or death will occur if you get caught in the cable or rotating drum of the winch. Also, not performing the maintenance listed on this sign will cause malfunctions, which in turn will make the winch operations very hazardous to prevent personal injury or death. Always follow procedures. I mean, what? That's great. I mean, it's really cool. Kind of goes without saying, but they said it anyway, and it's very nice. I'm sorry that they've done away with the tiny type. Me too, because it is, yeah, it is something kind of special. All I want to say to our devoted listeners is that I managed to get myself a definitive shitload of vintage Joes. And no going would, back now, Paul. Guys, Teaser for episode 39. To, yep, because it's going to be real. And it's going to be fun. But it ain't going to be real fun. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's going to be pretty awesome. There's some great stuff that I got in this lot, and I'm dying to talk about it. And um, I'm dying to talk to you guys about it, actually. Because uh, there are a few things that are just worth mentioning. And G.I. Joe is really still the coolest toy in the world. And was. I think it was. And I think uh, <laughs> I think the thing with 50th anniversary in its entirety hasn't been the best release uh, in recent years. But it is far better than the first two waves of retaliation as a whole. But I think the fact that I got all these new vintage toys has definitely... Uh, put me in a better mood <laughs> uh, towards how I approach the 50th anniversary and then at the same time has actually made me a bit more objective and a little bit more critical in my assessment of, of them and as modern era as a whole and that's all I'm going to say until our next episode lady and uh, gentlemans of the audience you can't do that Paul what it's made you more objective it's made me more objective it's made me more well it's made me more critical. Like, I'm kind of... I don't subjective, want to go too then. much. No, subjective. I've always been subjective with my job preferences and stuff like that. But it's just... Objective in that 
there's a lot of stuff that Steve keeps hankering on about over and over and episode for episode about how much he loves the vintage toys. And uh, it's not that I don't, I do. And I've always tried to keep uh, my collection sort of focused, put the blinders on, try to keep it more in the modern era stuff. And yeah, I've crossed the line there. <laughs> I think you were afraid, but now yes. you've faced your fear. And you've, <laughs> you've tasted the poison fruit. I have indeed, and that's what I want to get into, is that a lot of modern... Pandora's box is opened wide. Damn right. (laughs) You're staring right at that wide box of Pandora's. (laughs) 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 Where does that leave us? This has been episode 38 of G.I. Joburg. So, what are you going to do, listeners? Are you going to wait this out, or are you going to hit buy? Dun, dun, dun. Paul says you should definitely drop dollar on Destro's three-pack. I'm going to second that. And I think a Digicamo Vamp is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. It's also vintage-friendly, I know, because I've tested it. Ta-da! Well, yeah, come on. They lowered the seating. Let's face the facts. The vintage Vamp was... A squeeze even for vintage style figures. Any O-ring figures made after like 1984, it's going to start being rather crowded in there. Oh yeah. So, uh, modern era retool of the original vamp is uh, very welcome. Would you want to pick up any of these toys, Rob? I know mm-hmm. that you're probably the most reluctant of the three of us on uh, dropping dollar on G.I. Joe these days, so... I think yours is perhaps the opinion that people would should should value the most. <laughs> I think I think I, I would also agree with the with the Destro three pack. I mean, the, those have seemed like very cool figures, and that seems to be the pack. You get the cool the reissue, and then two very cool f- versions of of figures. If I were to buy something, I'd probably buy that mm. as well. Mm. Excellent. Top marks. Yeah. Well, it's been real. It's been fun. Realistic, yeah. <laughs> Realism. Real world. It's been real world, people. Extreme! Extreme! G.I. Joe Bugs Extreme! Extreme! Yeah.